Listener Production. The Luke and Sassy Scott podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we record this podcast. The Yulikit Woolen Clan of the Boon who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to our elders past and present and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. You are ridiculous. Don't do that either. I'm sick of you. You're a nutcase. I don't care, Luke. Look at you. You infuriate me as a human being. (coughs) Are you recording? Can I pick my nose? Luke, I'm sassy. Sassy. Scott. All right, Scott, a few episodes back, we were talking about how you wanted to be a singer. I got singing lessons. I would have been 16 or 17. And this lady worked with me so passionately for 12 months I signed up for. And it was a once a week singing lesson. What crushed me was at the end of the 12 months, this lady said to me, Scott, I'm so sorry. You're wasting your money. You can't sing. (laughs) So Scott, with that in mind, I was like, yes, I found one of your weaknesses. So I thought I'd set you a little challenge. <laughs> Scott, you're going to be calling Zoe Badwi, Australian Good. singer for those that don't know Zoe. And you're going to be telling her how you've written this song. Written what song? Your new song called Sassy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. And you're going to ask her to feature on it. Sassy Boy. Where she has to write her own verse and have her vocals on it too. So you... You're pretty much telling her that you got a song coming out. So it's going to be Sassy Boys, Scott O'Halloran featuring Zoe Badwee. And to my surprise, you accepted the challenge, Scott. I accepted and I also exceeded said challenge. Mm. So you, you went through with it all and let's hear how that one went. We're on. Okay, let's do this. We've got this, I got the studio we can go to. I think we should give this a whirl. So... I thought it was quite funny. It was a challenge she accepted. But then I had me thinking every night, I was like, stuff this. Let's do it. Let's make a song. So, Scott, we've got Zoe Badwe here herself. <laughs> My favourite human Zoe, being in the world. Zoe, come in. There she is. She's free falling. There she is. Woo. All right, all right. We're Chuck, on here. Chuck your fucking earphones on and get in front of that mic. <laughs> Let's go. Hi, Spunky Bum. Hi, everybody. How are you? Good, thanks. I hear there's uh, a little something happening here. Oh, fucking Luke's always got shit, (laughs) some shit up his back pocket. I just want to know why you would accept to do a song with Scott, though. I I thought... No chance you would say yes to well, that. Because I'm sorry, I'm jumping in there. I'm going to answer it on her behalf. No, you will let Zoe answer. I, I am fucking blowing up the internet <laughs> these days. So, of course, anyone would fucking attach themselves oh, to it, Luke. Oh, so, yeah, are you doing it for the clout, no, Zoe? Uh, like Scott's saying. Not sure it's the musical clout I'm after. <laughs> I'm more here for the laughs. That's probably <laughs> its best spot for me. Well, that makes sense because you probably make me laugh more than any human being <laughs> out there in the world at the moment. All right, so, so mm. we're pretty happy that you've come in because well, I think we're going to need some help. Uh, I think so, yeah. Mm. I'm like, I probably will need help after this too. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just do a throwback of actually Scott's voice so we know what we're working with? <laughs> I'm free-falling, oh. I'm letting go, just let the melody flow. Said I'm free tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, um, this... 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My thing is I feel like anyone, no disrespect to you mm, and top musical artists. Oh, it's coming back my way. Anyone yeah. can make a fucking single though these days. I agree. No, I agree with that. I do. Like if we just auto-tune that, I could fucking <laughs> win an aria. Mm, sure, if that's your... <laughs> <laughs> so you're actually butchering Zoe's song right now. <laughs> Every time we hear that. I don't mind that for the laugh yet again, but probably wouldn't we wouldn't go as high. What would you do for Scott? Oh, maybe like talk sing. Talk sing? Yeah. Well, I'm into Taylor Swift at the moment. Oh. And I like I like her song Cruel Summer. Go oh, is yeah. that her that kind of feels like her talk singing? Go do that then. Yeah, go on. I'm drunk in the back of my car. <laughs> <laughs> Aussie accent that's just so beautiful with that, I think. <clears throat> but no, I think that that could be in sort of the ballpark. Mm. Probably a little bit more talk, a little less singing. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, how do you go about making a song? No, stop. So yeah. what do I have to do? Like, what's your process? Well, there's a couple of options. Either you can start with lyrics and a melody of your own that you've thought of and... What's the definition of a melody? Okay, so, like, free-falling that is a melody of the free falling, is the melody. Yep. And then the lyrics are free falling. So that's the way. So just sort of a humming something is maybe a melody is the best way to describe it for you. So some people do the melody before the words? Yes, yes, and before even music. I ever knew that. Or- oh, oh, okay, Luke, you can <laughs> fucking produce my hit then. Oh, you you might have to. But then the other way is you get sent music and then you write something on top of that. So then you write your lyrics and your melody on top of that. How hard would that be? Well, (laughs) it's not easy. (laughs) Definitely not. Listen, I I, I like a challenge. So I think I want the melody sent to me and I'm going to write to it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's the easier option too. You're not writing lyrics. Writing lyrics would be just really easy. Getting someone to match the melody to my lyrics would be hard. Well, No. no. Not really. Okay. But, okay, no, but if we've just got to find then someone in your Taylor Swift genre yeah. that you want the music like. So you're not going to be a banger on the dance floor. I imagined you to be having a song like that. Hang on, no, but just... you're doing a verse as well, Zoe. Oh, you know yeah, that. You, that's yeah. what you signed oh, up would for. Would you? Well, I think, again, we could have these maybe just some BVs, some hype stuff as well. Get Luke to do that. Well, we need yeah. Luke. We oh, need yeah, you I'm, in. I'm like your backup vocals. Oh, that's yeah, me. I'm in. I've thought I'm... about it. When you're talking, I know I know where I am in this song. Like, Can I, I chime in? Producer Mandy here. I think Luke should do a rap verse. I cannot yeah. rap. Just make this clear. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we want to get this song far, we would not have look a boy that's true. rapping. I don't want him bringing <laughs> my fucking, my musical oh. talent down. Oh. I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight. No, mm. I trust my ability. <laughs> I trust my ability to see something through. Yeah. Everything I touch turns <laughs> to gold. Oh, uh, yeah. There was gold before you got to it. That's how pretty it's gold. <laughs> you should see my jacket right now. I run it's gold. I'm touching it. All right, so it's happening. Mm-hmm. Now we need to finalise everything, you two. Okay. What genre are we going with? I mean, I don't think we're going to be writing a slow ballad that's sad and really thought-provoking. <laughs> so would you boy. like that? Well, that's... We're sussy in it, yeah. Like, okay, cool. It's a party anthem. Yeah, yeah like party rockers. Coming in the summer. Yeah. That oh. makes fucking sense. All right. So who's writing what? Right. Well, you're going to have to go away and think about what it is you want to say. <laughs> and we're going to need your little hype raps. Yeah, I can do that. And obviously then I'll just have to intertwine it all together from there somehow <laughs> or another. I reckon I've got lyrics in archives, like in old folders like, <laughs> and stuff at mum and dad's house in the roof. I'm serious. I'm going to go digging. Okay. All okay. right. So you're singing the majority of it. 
and then you're going to come in, Zoe, and you're going to be actually doing a little verse yourself. Yeah, I'll give right? something a will. And where do we record a song? Well, again, I think surely someone around here, we could just throw it out there and beg. Haven't we got mics here? Don't we just use these? Yeah, we've got a recording studio. We can take oh, care of it. Oh, they're on. Excellent. Perfect. Oh, wait, we're looking for a producer. <laughs> do you know any? Um, <laughs> I can do my best. No, we'll get. We'll organise a proper music producer <gasps> and properly record. So it's going to actually sound legit. Oh. Because I'm fucking legit, everyone. Oh, okay. And then by next episode, we- we're going to have the song ready to <gasps> reveal. All right. I am going to write, produce, record a number one fucking hit single with Zoe Badwee and it's going to be played in clubs this fucking summer all around Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So, Scott, it's no news to anyone that you struggle saying some words every now and then. No, there's only really one. Uh, We spoke about this just the other week, didn't we? And I've got it written down in front of you yet again. Let's see how you go. Well, I'm a fast learner. Luckily, I know that it is rendezvous, but yes, it looks like rendezvous. Yeah, and from what we've found out is you're not the only one who can't pronounce words properly. I came across this great video where it shows everyone not being able to say a certain word. It's a word you pronounced incorrectly one time and it still haunts you to this day. Hepatitis. <laughs> That's hepatitis. Chihuahua. Chihuahua. <laughs> Paradigm. I don't even know what that is. Paradigm. It's a paradigm. Fatigue. <laughs> Fatigue. Fatigue. Stomachaches. Oh, this is great. <laughs> Stomach aches. Stomachaches. I don't want to eat shit. Take mushrooms on my cheeseburger. <laughs> Who knew shiitake was spelled that Shiitake. <laughs> mushrooms. Shiitake. It had me thinking. I've done it once before. I remember, you know, we've spoken about this a few times on the potty. I was quite awkward going through school. Year seven, that was peak. Wouldn't... Quite awkward? Yeah, like I would not talk in class. Yeah, right? you awkward. So year seven, I remember when... I had to, re- you know, and they'll just pick random people from class, be like, Luke, you read the next paragraph. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, like, I've been picked. I love that part in class. I could only imagine. And I would have my hand up and, they, and like, they'd be like, anyone want to read? I'd be like, me, me. And they'd be like, okay, Jessica. And I'd be like, the fuck? I was the only one with my hand up. And you also went to an all-guys school. <laughs> I'm talking about primary. Uh, um, <laughs> so I then had to read out this paragraph and I, was, I could see the word in like the third sentence and I was getting up closer to it. I was like, it's a common word, but I just, my brain was that nervous that I was like, I've forgotten how to say it. And I just wanted to do anything in my life not to be able to say it. And I remember just having to say, mosquito. <laughs> and like the whole class was laughed. The teacher thought I did it as a joke. Mosquito. Yeah, and I couldn't remember. So I've like stumbled mosquito. on it and I kept going, mosquito, mosquito. <laughs> And then someone was like, mosquito, and I was like, I'm going to go home. No, so what's the other word that we, you and I both giggle at every now and then that you just mm, can't say? I can't do it. I, what I know, word is that? I, I also did this in our presentation once, and I had to be like, you know what word I'm trying to say. Reach. Say it. Fin. Fin. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Fin. Nom nom. <laughs> But now I can't say it because phenomenon, you do something no. to my mm. head that makes me not be phenomenon. able to say it now. Phenomenon. No. no. Phenomenon. <laughs> Go. For, hold on. If I think about it, I can normally get the phenomenon. 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 I would say phenomenon. Ph- fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I would say phenomenon. What? Phenomenon. Is it phenomenon or phenomenon? Phenomenon like. Phenomenon. No. Can we go back to the segment? Please? I can't do it. Why so I also struggle with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I do um, want to chime in with one more thing. Yeah, go. My husband, when he met my dad, the first time he met my dad, yes. he was over at our house for a barbecue and they were standing outside having a beer. My dad gave Mike this beer and so they're standing near the barbecue chatting and um, Mike goes, oh, this beer's nice. Blue, what is it? Blue Tongu. Blue Tongu. <laughs> <laughs> my dad goes, I think it's Blue Tongue, blue mate. Tongue. Oh. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> and, and Mike would have been trying to be cool like Blutongu. <laughs> Let's talk about craft beer. I know a thing or two about a craft beer, pale ale, Blutongu. He would have been like, Such no, it's just idiot. fucking blue tongue. <laughs> idiot. Um, so we asked you guys to send in your stories. Mm. And the first one, Luke, you're going to read Jacqueline's. Yeah, so I once went to a cafe and said I'll have the fakaka. <laughs> they looked at me confused. I meant fakasha. <laughs> <laughs> Tegan, I asked a waitress what comes in the hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> Had no clue it was pronounced hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. All right, next one's from Cody, who works at a tyre store, and this is what a customer said to her. I was at work and um, he called to order some tyres, so I asked his current tyre size on his vehicle. After telling me the numbers, I said, do you have any particular brand um, you would like to stay with? And he said, um, on the vehicle at the moment, he had a come-ho. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, my headphones just broke up there. Um, can you repeat that? And he was like, I've got come-ho tyres on the vehicle. And I'm like, oh, you mean Kumo? And he was like, yeah. And then we all laughed about it after. And um, that's what we call it in the office now. Kumo, come-ho. Come-ho. I don't know Kumo tyres. Yes, you do. No, I know Bridgestone. And Michelin. I know Michelin mm. too. Um, we've got actually one more. This comes from a colleague of mine at the hospital. So it's always an awkward time when you have to go out to the waiting room and call out a patient's name. So you can only imagine the embarrassment here. So I had this patient I was going to get. So I went outside very confidently into the um, waiting room, <laughs> coming to grab the patient, and I read the request, and I'm thinking, how do you pronounce this name? So I'm sitting there trying to not look too silly, um, and then I call out, and I'm like, P envelope. And I do that a couple of times, and nobody responds. So I go back into my colleagues and I say, I don't think the patient's there yet. I think they must have gone to the bathroom. So I wait a few more minutes, and I come back out. P envelope. And nobody P comes. Envelope. After a few minutes, someone comes with me and says, Let's do it together. And so they yell it out. And they say, Penelope. And then someone comes up P-N-O. and they come up to me and ask, were you trying to call my name when you were saying P envelope? <laughs> and it became very clear that I had obviously mispronounced the name and it was Penelope instead of P envelope. <laughs> Where's the V in it? Or he was just confused at what it yeah. looks like. Yeah, it's P envelope. Envelope. P envelope. Sassy. Sassy. Scott. So Luke and I often talk about jobs we've had, careers we've had. Mm, together. Together and in our own lives. Like we're always competing whose job's harder at the moment. And recently we have come across what I think is the ultimate fucking 
role for me. The best job in the world. I'm so fascinated by it, but I would not be able to do it. I would so be able to do it that I'm going to ask this person if I could possibly do work experience (laughs) with them. So Bill Edgar from Queensland, who we've got on the line, is a coffin confessor. He's paid to gatecrash funerals and speak up for the dead. And we just had to know more. And we've got him here. Hi, Bill. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. No, thanks for taking the time. We have so many questions. Fascinated. Explain to me, like, what's your job title? Well, I am the coffin confessor. I guess I crash funerals on behalf of the deceased, telling those that were loved how much they were loved (laughs) and those my clients love to hate to fuck off. All right. So I want you to start from the start. How did you come across this? Is this something you heard someone else was doing or did some... Oh, have you created this job? (laughs) No, it actually started as a joke. I just told a dying man I'd crash his funeral for him and he took me up on the offer and um, from that funeral led to others. Wow. And how does that start? So obviously the dead are dead, so they can't ask you to do it. But so do they contact you usually when they're like, is it an ill person that says, hey, Bill, when I when I go, which is expected to be six months from now or 12 months, or they ask you to do it? Is that how it's done? Yeah, basically it's those knocking on death's door. So it could be, you know, a few days out, six weeks, six months. I mean, I've got clients now right around the world that aren't even close to death, but they've engaged my services just in the event they do die. And it's a job that I, I didn't realise I'd be the only coffin confessor in the whole planet doing this job, and I still am. So, I mean, it's, it's a great gig. I love it. And it's, uh, it's basically, you know, I, I get to see the, uh, the other side of people. I see their, their desires, their thoughts, their fantasies, everything about them. I know more about them than what their partners do. And when it comes out at a funeral, it could be good, bad, funny or sad, but sit down, shut up or fuck off because it's going to be a ride. So I recently, I think you and I, the the universe has wanted you and I to connect. So recently my husband and I had to do our fucking, what's it called, power of attorney and will and our state of affairs and just manage all of that shit. And I'm, I'm an ex-executive producer. Um, I worked in events and I actually, in that process, wrote my funeral plan. And in it, I wrote about like, certain people that I don't want to be invited to my funeral, that if they turn up, they're told, hey, Scott didn't want you here, and I kind of get the last laugh. Perfect. That's exactly what it's about. It's your funeral. And that's what I think. And I'm doing tequila shots on arrival. But So tell me, what's the general tone? Is it usually the same thing that you find yourself saying, or is it completely unique for one from the other? Oh, they're all different. They're all unique. Everybody's got a skeleton in the closet, just a matter of them letting it out. And it depends what skeleton they want to let out. I mean, but as far as the room um, goes, I guess, you know, all the mourners are sitting there. And whilst I may be in shock that I've interrupted their service, uh, they still want to know what their loved one left unsaid. So they all sort of get together and they go, you know what, let's, let's hear him out. He's the messenger. He's nothing else but a messenger. And our loved one's laying in the coffin. Obviously, they've got something to say, so let's hear it. Is it usually affairs? Is it usually sexuality? Is it usually a lie that they just couldn't live with, literally? Like, what, what, what's the general consensus that usually makes them contact you? The consensus is, is that a lot of people have a lot of, um, they live with a lot of guilt. Guilt. And, mm. you know, when they go, they're, they're able to express that guilt through me. And, and, you know, I see the faces of some of the mourners and I've got to say, I, I really have no care or concern for those left behind. It's all about my client laying mm. in the coffin. 
So when I when I let a truth bomb go, and it could be uh, yeah, an extramarital affair, or it could be a, a guy that's been with his wife for thirty years, but he was really gay secretly, you know, yeah. and oh, yeah. things like that that come out. You look at the people around, you know, but I believe, and I truly believe that those that really knew and loved that person, they already knew. Mm. But nope. it was a deep dark secret. That was all. Obviously, when the person dies, they can't contact you to let you know that they've died. How do you? How does that process happen? So when the person's died, have you ever missed yeah. their funeral or anything like that? Obviously, it's all a secret or? <laughs> no, I've never missed one because at the end of the day, there's always somebody close to that person that knows that I'm engaged. They don't know what I'm going to be doing. They don't know yep. what I'm going to be saying, but they know I'm engaged and they know to contact me. And that could be a you know relative, a family member, a, a loved one, or just a palliative care nurse, somebody mm. like that. But I'm always notified. And it's a bit like when I go and do a home sweep. If I go to somebody's home, they've had a fall, they get told they're not going back home. I'll go to their home and I'll sweep it from items that they, they find that they don't want their family and friends to find. Too embarrassing, you know. So you could die today and what's at home you don't want anybody to find, you know. All yeah, right. So walk me through the process. So the person dies, you find out when the funeral's going to be and you just rock up to the funeral. Is it at the wake you do it, or is it at the church that you're getting up and saying in front of the priest? Or? And how do you enter into the space? Totally up to my client's wish and <sighs> what they want. So, uh, for instance, the first funeral that I crashed, I sat amongst family members and mourners, and I was just sitting there uh, at a specific time, two minutes in. His best mate's doing the eulogy. I was to stand up and tell his best mate to sit down, shut up or fuck off. Graham laying in the coffin's got something to say and this is what it is. No way. Oh, God, we need to hear what that was now. And how does it, yeah, what, yeah, what, was, <laughs> what was that one? Well, that was where Graham was on his deathbed. He was actually at home, dying at home. He had nurses around coming and seeing him all the time. He had a beautiful wife, but he had a best mate. And his best mate, when I first met his best mate, was a good bloke, but on the... <laughs> On the other side of it, his best mate was coming around and trying to screw his wife and patting oh. her on the ass and putting his arm around her all the time, trying to comfort her and all the bullshit, crocodile tears and all that bullshit. And Graham could see this from his bed, but he couldn't do oh. anything because his best mate wouldn't even come down and see him or say anything. No! So he needed someone to protect his My family. My God, so how did you say go. it? Did you just get up and I be just, like, don't oh. trust this sleazy guy? <laughs> Well, it's not actually my words. It's Graham. It's the person that writes them out. So I sit with these people and we write out exactly what they once said. And Graham said um, in that letter, it, it went along the lines of, um, you're no best mate of mine. You've been trying to screw my wife while I'm on my deathbed. You can go fuck yourself and fuck off from my funeral. How dare you be even here? And if my brother, his wife, and their daughter are at this funeral, they can fuck off too because I haven't seen them in 30 years. So why are they here now paying their respects? No, I love this. Well, How this many really have is. you done? I All up, uh, probably just under 55 now. But yep. that includes home suites so mm. and a will reading. You know, I've crashed a will reading and told a, a, a lawyer that there's a new will and that will that uh, was supposed to be spread to the family, they could all get fucked now because they were trying to get my client's rings off her finger before she was even dead. No! They took her car out of the hospital car park and stole that. I mean, there's just some vicious people out there. Just talking to you now, I feel like you would create really good bonds with these people that are potentially just about to die. Is it going to their funeral quite a hard thing for you? Mm. No, but I, I guess, you know what, I know more people dead than I do alive now. And, and <laughs> I, I, I sort of feel, you know, I, I remember Graham always telling me the first client I ever had, 
And, you know, he said, look, you know, I, I understand you could take the money and run because I get paid between two and $10,000 a gig and I could take the money, but they don't need the money where they're going and I never get a complaint. But at the same time, Graham it's did true. Say, Who can leave you a Google review? No <laughs> one. <laughs> but like Graham said, we all die and you're going to die one day, Bill. And if there is an afterlife, I'll see you there. You know, well, so... So don't fuck it up because I'll see you up there, mate. Or down <laughs> you there. got it. But talking about, you just brought up the Google review, Scott, surely there would be some sort of backlash from the families. What, is there any stuck out to you? I know you could palm it off quickly saying it's not my words, but how do you take it? Have, has there been some family members that have come at you pretty heavy? Oh, yeah, I don't give a fuck about yeah. them. It's not about <laughs> them. I couldn't give a flying fuck. It's a funeral that I, I'm attending, you know, not, not the, the people left behind. And this is the big problem. Everybody thinks a funeral's for the living. It's fucking it's not. not. It's, it's a celebration for the one that died. Exactly. Bill, if you ever need a holiday and you need someone to just tap in to just take a gig for you, I am your man. I would more than happy do this for you so you can take a break. So keep my number on fucking speed dial, mate. (laughs) And you've also, you've released a book called The Coffin Confessor. And if anyone wants to check it out, go read it. Um, Can we find you anywhere on social media? Everywhere, mate. I'm just Google the coughing confessor on there. I'm fucking looking for it now. Thanks so much for spending time with us, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, guys, and good day to all your listeners. Mom! No, she. Mom! Sibling squabbles. Scott. Well, I don't know what a sibling squabble is. I've never had one with you. Oh, I thought you wanted the definition. I can give it to you. Can you? So it's pretty much the worst thing a sibling's done to you or you've done to a sibling. Oh, okay. Great. Anyway, we've got one sent in because all you have to do is go to our Luke and Sassy Scott podcast page on Instagram and that's where you can send these in and we'll pick a somewhat funny one to play at the end of every episode. And Scott, we've got one from Chloe. So one of my sisters is 10 years older than me um, and... When I was about nine, so she would have been 19, we were arguing about something. Um, I have no idea what. But all I remember is that I think I'd been chasing her around with a bottle of Ajax spray, just sort of like teasing. I wasn't actually going to spray her with it, but I'm pretty sure she may have hit me in the face. But it caused me to fall backwards onto the floor. And like for a moment, she looked like she felt bad about it. I think she might have even reached down to help me up. But that was the moment in which I sprayed her in the face with Ajax cleaning spray. So, yeah, I could have blinded my sister. I, I, I didn't know where that was going. Yeah, I really got stuck on what Ajax was. Yeah, you're so like that's throwing a- your hands up like, what's Ajax? Yeah, because I felt like it needed, you needed to know what it was. And that's what, it was a spray and wipe thing, like a cleaning product. But right? I just feel Ajax you used to use on really dirty pots and pans and also the stovetop. Now, again, this mm. just highlights the different upbringings you and I had that you have no fucking idea what Ajax spray and wipe is. And I do. I was like mum and dad's slave. No, I just use like Enyo, like really like clean products now. Like I, I help the environment. I don't spot. know what that is. Exactly. Hey, um, <laughs> thank you. That's all we got time for this episode. And one thing Luke and I thought, if you want to help us out, we would really love and appreciate if you could share any of our Instagram or our TikTok videos of our podcast. Tell the world that we've got a podcast. We would love all of your support. Luke and Sassy. Sassy. Scott. 